ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. down this wall. Oh, the band is out on the field! He's gonna go into the end zone! And what you gonna do when Hulkamania? Say no to drugs. Eat my shorts. Boys and girls and children of all ages, hello and welcome to the Bastards of Babylon podcast episode 36. I'm all out of beer, Bocevas, because I already drank it. Yeah, we had a hell of an interview with uh, Andrew Brighton. Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. Brighton. Brighton. Not Britain, Brighton. Brighton. Uh, from the Red, White, and True podcast. Uh, guys, we had a great conversation. Um, it was a long conversation, but man, I think it was worth the Longhorn. What about you? Went into a lot of topics. Uh, of course, you know, it's the standard uh, rule on the Bachelors of Babylon. We always talk trannies, and we definitely got into those. Uh, and we went from trannies to football to, uh, you know, all over the place. So, yeah, knowledgeable guy. Love to have him on again. Uh, it was a good conversation. Absolutely. All right, boys and girls, we hope you enjoy this interview. And uh, yeah, until then, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined now by Andrew. Is it Britton? Is that how you yes, pronounce? Sir. Andrew Britton. Uh, he was gracious enough to join us on our nonsense podcast here, The Bastards of Babylon, to talk about his podcast and his mission and everything that he's working towards. So. Andrew, if you want to fill our audience in on you know, whatever you want to fill them in on, what you know, what's the name of your podcast, what's it about, you know, why'd you start it, you know, kind of where you're going with it, just everything like that. And fill me okay. in too while you're at it. I'm I. This was all both Steve was setting this up, so I'm curious to hear: Are you friend or foe, and where are we going with this? <laughs> so yeah, I'm curious to find out myself. I've watched a little bit of what you guys have done. I think we're on the same page for the most part, but yeah, this will be interesting here. Um, my name is Andrew Britton. I do a I do an audio podcast, so this is the first time that there's a face to the okay. podcast, to okay. the voice behind what the podcast is. My podcast is called Red, White, and True, Redefining Progress, because much of what um, much of the mission originally was a frustration with the type of content that we see coming from media organizations, and that it is clearly Pravda. I mean, we're yeah. looking at propaganda networks that are funded and controlled and paid for. And the messages are screened and censored. There's things that they can talk about, things that they can't talk about. And the frustration of trying to figure out what the hell is actually going on in this country and not being able to get any information, even on places like Fox, where um, you can tell that there are places that they just can't go and aren't allowed to go, which I think you see with the situations with, with Tucker I don't know that it played as much a deal with with Dan, with Dan Mangino leaving, but um, I think that it's it's interesting that those guys talked about the things that um, most places won't let people go to, and they got rolled at Fox where they couldn't come to an agreement to move on. So 
my effort at the beginning of this thing, and this has been an evolving process from the moment that I started. Um, I wish I had more time to do it to put more content out. But at the beginning, it was trying to use statistical-based and data-based. Because I do, I'm, uh, uh, I'm a process control engineer, so I do automation for products and stuff like that. You're a dork, exactly. got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also build. I also build with my hands. I came from the maintenance side of things, so I I, I worked my way to you know. But I love my job, so it, it came from a statistical and data analysis side of giving a political explanation for what the hell is going on in this country from a perspective that really was undeniable because it's based on government statistics. How do you argue with those data points? Um, realizing that as I've come to do this. The left just doesn't care about the data points. Just none of it matters. It no. doesn't matter at all. Um, so this has evolved over time. Um, but that was originally the that was the goal. Originally was to provide some content uh, perspective that I just didn't feel like I was seeing and hearing enough of. Okay. So uh, did, how long have you been doing this? First of all. Oh man, I want to say it's been about eight nine months or so. Okay, so you're relatively new and yes, sir. Um, that's interesting that you say you have a kind of an analytical spin on things because you know I called you a dork, but trust me, uh, homeboy up there in the corner, he's he's the biggest dork in the world when it oh, comes that's to a compliment. Yeah, <laughs> it, oh, I'm it's a compliment. Job, right? Yeah, I grew up an athlete, so I got to play both sides. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Game. I, I mean, as a joking thing, but like uh, no, that's no, a. No. I'd be curious to hear you know like as we get into it, like uh, bring in some of your analytics viewpoint. If we bring up any topics, I'd be curious to hear some of that, um, but. Um, so it sounds like we're a lot on the same page then. So, so, you know, I was kind of hoping you were going to be like a black lives matter person, but I mean, <laughs> I don't, not so lucky, I guess we'll just, we'll play it straight down the straight down the field, I guess. Right. Right. Um, yeah, not, not so much of a fan there. Um, yeah. a corporate endeavor, shall we say. Hey, Andrew, where are you from? I am from Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, born and bred, been around this area. Go Bengals, baby. Better part of my life. Right. Hey, it is a unique era in Cincinnati Bengals football where we know we're going to be pretty good uh, for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. You guys um, have the uh, sec or no, sorry, Todd, for the highest projected over-under win total from Vegas. They set you at 11 and a half wins right there with the Chiefs this wow. year. So that's pretty – that's something you don't fucking see every – Everyday boys and girls is the Cincinnati Bengals projected to win the most games in the NFL. Holy it's shit. amazing what happens when you draft the best young quarterback in the league. It's just changes everything all of a sudden. It's weird. Weird. How Shocking how the quarterback position all of a sudden makes everybody else look like they're all even a shit curse franchise. Like, oh, sorry, cut. We can cut that out. That's <laughs> oh, you are 100% right. <laughs> I have lived the pain. <laughs> lived the pain. Finding ways to lose. Okay, so now, let me. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Let me ask you: Are uh, are you? How many platforms are you on? Where are you? Like, where can people find you? Okay, so just about anywhere you can find a podcast: uh, Spotify, Apple, um, iHeartRadio. Okay. Uh, really, just about anywhere. Anywhere. It's red, comma, white, ampersand, true, or if you just type red, white, true in there. You'll find the podcast. Um, I was curious about the same thing to see how many platforms I could find it on. I went, I ended up going through RSS, so they helped. Um, but yeah, it's on a lot of different platforms. So really just about anywhere that you get your podcast, you can find Red, White, and True Podcast. And I try to put something out about once a week. Yeah. Um, I wish I had more time. I really wish that I could do more. 
Um, well, but, yeah. well, this this is what I always say to people about that is, uh, you know, because we're relatively new too. like this Bachelors of Babylon uh, podcast. I mean, what's it been? Has it even been a year? Not, not quite yet. Yeah, like we, we've had an audio only podcast like you have, uh, I guess, four or five years. <clears throat> um, but then we, you know, getting to the to the video part of it is, is a relatively new adventure for us. But like I tell everybody in this uh, in the space that we're in specifically our side of the space is like i don't give a shit if you have 10 followers a thousand followers i don't care i wish 200 million conservatives and independents would start a podcast and talk to 10 and talk to the other 200 million independents and and conservatives and we all get on the same page because you know like there's only so many dan bonginos and and and, and tucker carlson's like that's only so and, and even them like a Joe Rogan, he's only reaching like 10 million people. We need 200 million votes to get yeah. the fucking dinosaur out of office. So that's what I always say about that. It's like, I don't give a shit if we're reaching 1,000 people, 10,000, or two. Like, get the message out there. Everybody get the message out there and just spread it as much as you can. So, you know, you got to start somewhere. You know, I, 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 close almost every, I close every one of my podcasts with talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to anybody that will have a, a civil conversation with you. Talk to them about all these issues. Talk to them because the road to progress is, is paved in facts. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so that's that's the way that you know I close. I end up closing every show that way. Um, with progress being in the title, um, you know, Red White True Podcast redefining progress was kind of a, a a dig at the progressives because, well, they're not actually progressing anything, at least not in the correct direction. They're pretty dumb um, too. It, it, it's not very... really amazing. Fallen institutions like the Ivy League, the morons coming out of there. Facts don't really matter if you're talking to, we lovingly call her Karen Jean, uh, the White House press secretary. Oh, Karen Jean. Oh, Karen Jean. I say, I say. <laughs> Binder. So, yeah. yeah. So if you talk to her, you know, facts don't really matter because. She just makes shit up as she goes. If it's not, well, I mean, binder, apparently then... inflation has fallen by ninety percent. You know, don't mind the body. The body no Im immigration, immigration. Oh right, that's right. Yeah, that's immigration, right. immigration. Yeah, yeah. And Peter Ducey called her out, and uh, she. I mean, he was like eight words into his fucking question. She's like, "Okay, okay, okay. Can I? Can I answer? I'll answer you. Just if we, turn if we stop with the dramatics. <laughs> the, dramatics. Stop with the dramatics. <laughs> The dramatics part blew my mind. I, I know. Like, the dude's yeah. giving numbers. Like, how yeah. not dramatic can you be? You're giving data. First I of don't all, even... anybody who's ever heard Deucey talk knows dramatic is the furthest word to describe. Yeah. That dude is as monotone right. as a fucking metronome. Like, he just, he's every a... <laughs> word is just like... like and he's a piece of fucking white bread. Like, there is no, like... There's no dramatics. Nothing to him. But I don't even think he got to the numbers part. Or, or, you know, he had just hit the first syllable or the first data point that he was going to throw out. And she was already right. like, uh-uh, you're not getting this clean audio. I'm going right over top of you. You know, I, I got to tell you, I wasn't shocked, <laughs> but I watched a Tucker Carlson Today episode where he interviewed Simon Atiba. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Simon Atiba. He reports yeah, for an the, African the African uh, reporter yeah, that, yeah. Never, that never gets called on ever. <laughs> that is a fact. That gentleman. So I was shocked when I saw that it, it was an hour long episode of Tucker Carlson today where he's interviewing him. And that whole thing is a scripted rigged mess. 
they send their they say they're supposed to send in topics, but they actually send in their questions. And if you don't send your question, you don't get called on, which which for me, a conservative being Fox really only being the actual only big network that you can actually watch to get, get that begs the question, is Fox sending in their questions, too? They shouldn't. It, God, hell no. They shouldn't. Hell no. If they got integrity, they shouldn't. Uh, and, he, and it also begs the question when a Republican's in office. Uh, you think that, uh, oh, Kaylee was getting pre-scripted questions sent, sent to her? I don't think yeah, so. These are negative. That's <laughs> not happening. It's yeah. also even worse that if if Fox is, if Peter Ducey is sending in those questions and Karen Jean still struggles that badly to fucking answer <laughs> simple questions, like, that makes her look even worse than she are, than her haircut already fucking does. Like, that oh actually does. That actually does make sense, though, the fact that she, I mean, before his question was even done, she already was like, I'm going to answer, because maybe she did have that, you know, that question was sent to her. She's like, oh, God, I'm going to be waiting for this question. I'm going to cut him off as soon as he gets to this, because she already knew what the question was going to be. So, yeah, she, actually, that does said, make sense. She's even said that in the past. She's like, I was waiting on this. Yeah. yeah. I was waiting yeah. on this. I, kn I knew right. this question was coming. I knew, mm -hmm. And she still didn't have an answer. She still said nothing to answer the fucking question. So I wonder if they, if, if, cause that's not going to be Deucey's call. He's not, he doesn't really have the power to say, I'm not sending you my questions. Like he's going to have to send that up the ladder. So I wonder if, yeah, if he uh, wants to talk. Yes. Yeah. But he should say, look, I'm not doing it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to raise my hand, whatever it is they do in there. If, if she doesn't call on me, then, you know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe someone at Fox said, look, we can't have that. We need you on camera asking these questions. They don't, like you said, Fox doesn't really care that much, but they want their brand out there. They don't really care about the messaging as much as they do about the brand and their money making. Uh, but, you know, I, it, integrity wise, I mean, that that's hard to swallow to be like, like yeah, I'm going to send you my questions. Or maybe there's follow ups. Maybe maybe it's the initial ones and then maybe they can hit them with a raw follow up. I don't know. Who knows how that works? I would love to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, to think that there's some sliver of integrity still left in the press. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Some of those people still act like the PP tape's real. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. It is I mean, absolutely crazy. If, if there was ever a PP tape, my God, would we? And with AI available and all these right. deep fakes, like, I mean, we're going to actually eventually see a PP tape of Trump getting pissed on by Russian prostitutes. We're going to see it. It just won't be real. It'll look that's, real. That's a fact. That's a lot of pee. That's way too much pee. I, don't, I said I wanted a little pee, not a lot. This is too much pee. <laughs> Maybe they'll just dub Trump's face on a Hunter Biden video. Oh, yeah. So no just shit. dub it out. Speaking of that, uh, I don't know what you guys take it on the, uh, um, I guess it's the not it's not a paternity case at this point. The paternity's already been proven. It's the child support. He's seeking reduction for his estranged daughter from a uh, stripper in Arkansas. Uh oh. <laughs> and uh, you know, because she's getting twenty grand a month at this point. Jeez. For their kid, and he's now arguing that's too much money. He didn't want to pay the money anymore. You know, he don't have that kind of money. But yet, because he, he doesn't really have any revenue that's on the books. But yet, somehow, this dude has money enough for all the crack he wants, whores that he wants, you know, 
what are, everything else he's into, but yet he has no on the books revenue stream. And there, the judge is saying, "Well, then you got to open up your financial structure." And he's like, "Nah, I'm not going to do it." Like, I, don't I know mean, what you it begs the question. Like, it, it, Hunter Biden is a lawyer. I, am I correct in that? He's got a law degree. Um, I believe he does. I'm not sure. I, I mean, if you if you've I heard that, I guarantee Joe Biden has a law degree because he's got a degree in every field that was ever offered. <laughs> ever in college depends on what room he's in that day i know he's a professional painter uh for like you know smuggling or uh you know um laundering money but I, he may be a lawyer he may be a lawyer i, I bring that up i bring that up because <laughs> hunter biden brought this on himself he's the one that filed to pay less on child oh, yeah. support mm -hmm. this would have never gone anywhere had he just left it alone and it really goes to show how brazen and how arrogant and how dumb these people are. I mean, they are that stupid. Like, well, dude, do you not know that this is going to bring on discovery? <laughs> That's a disaster for you. It's interesting because we uh, the the thing that we always bring up on this on this podcast about talking about these people is there's really two buckets of what you think they could be. One is stupid, and we always like to put who we think is in the stupid category, and the other is just just evil and uh, used to hey. getting away with everything, untouchable, evil. However you want to catch. So, like Hunter, to me, honestly, if I if I had to guess with the data we have. I think he's just, I think he's uh, stupid when he's on drugs, you know, because right. who, who, when you're cracked out of your mind, you're, you're stupid. But honestly, when he's sober, I just think he's evil and, and privileged has been in a bubble his entire life that he thinks he's untouchable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, now someone like AOC, we've talked about now you're just talking just a straight up dumbass oh. bartender. Uh, oh. but, but yeah, like, like, I don't think they care because, you know, you said you mentioned Bongino. So I'm, I'm sure you've heard this before. Like there, it's not, it's not hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. Like, That's like right. they're not, they're not doing it because they, they're trying to like live to, they, they're doing it because they, they know they can, they don't care. They know they're breaking you the know, rules. I, I, I said earlier that the podcast is kind of an evolving mission as we go here. Um, I listen to a lot of Todd Herman, too. And Todd Herman talks about this stuff from the perspective of God. Um, I, I had stopped listening to Todd for a while. And it just so happened, too, that just about everything that I listened to, I had already listened to all the new stuff. And Todd was about the only thing left. So I turned on Todd Herman per, uh, podcast. And for whatever reason, that day, it just it hit me because it had been so frustrating trying to get on the podcast and describe the hypocrisy of what these people do until so I listened to Todd one day and Todd talks about a lot of stuff through the perspective of God from the Bible religion. And that the reason that it's not hypocrisy, just like Dan has said it too, is because it's not hypocrisy. It's actually just evil. That's why it seems like everything they do is hypocrisy. Like, Oh, my body, my choice, but Hey, let me shove this injection into you and shut mm -hmm. up and take it mm -hmm. or lose your job or whatever it may be. And, um, and if you look at it from the perspective of God, everything that they do is the darkness. It is yeah. it is evil. And that's why it's not hypocrisy. When you always land on the side of evil, when you're when all of your your base foundations contradict with each other and they're hypocritical, it's just plain evil. It's just mm -hmm. a lack of God. It's mentally and spiritually captured people who have given pieces of their soul away for power. Power, money, and control. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's Marxism. Yeah. It's what it, it's, it, 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of what you're seeing, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, is literally play for play out of yep. Hitler's playbook when you know the Third Reich rose to power and how they really took over Germany. First, they played the right. victim, right? Oh, what was us? You know, our country has been taken from us. We've been wronged. Well, who wronged you? Was well, those fucking people? Yep. Those people are the problem, and we're the victims. So we need to come together and rise up and we need to, you know, stop letting them do things. And then once you gain the power, then it's not only stop letting them, now it's the oppression and the elimination of the other side. It's not just, it's demonizing everything they do first to make it seem like they're the bad guys. But then once you gain the power, you don't even have to demonize anymore. You just take it. You just fucking right. take it. That, uh, that's interesting. Um there, I've, I've talked to both Sivas and re, I'm reading a book that's uh, that's uh, kind of tying together the last two or three hundred years of the evolution of uh, kind of the human and, and the, the the viewpoint of the self. Uh, it's called the rise and triumph of the of the modern self, and it gets into obviously Marxism and all, and all the stuff. But that's so funny you just said that, both Sivas, because it, that book talks a little about almost exactly what you just said and. You know, take the trans issue, which that's that's literally the, the point of the book. It's, it's getting to how the trans how we got to where we are with this trans movement and how right. how people can actually be, you know, you know, men to think they can get pregnant. And, Andrew, are you a are you a <laughs> woman or are you a man that's pregnant currently? We do need to know this. I have a penis and X, Y chromosomes and I enjoy mm -hmm. both. I yeah. enjoyed the whole thing. I like, yeah, I like, I like the Y better than the X personally, but you know, you do you, but whatever. I was kidding. So, anyways, with that book, um, it's uh, and I and I haven't quite finished most of it. He hasn't tied the bow on current uh, tr uh, trans movement. I'm, I'm right to the end, uh, and I'll and do a full review when I get done. But as far as the past, you know, Marxism, Marxism took off in Europe. Uh, and, and Asia, because, you know, the, the class warfare, it, it really took off over there and caused some revolutions. It didn't take off over here in the United States. And it was a real um, it was it was confusing to them why it didn't take off over here. The reason it take, didn't take off over here is because classism war, class warfare didn't work over here because we had such an awesome middle class. And, and we didn't care that there was. Yeah, there's rich people. So what I'm doing, I'm doing awesome. I'm, you know, I'm middle right. class living my life, got a good job, union job, whatever, whatever. Didn't take off. So they, you know, they had to move to something else outside of the uh, the class Absolutely. warfare. And they went to, they went to cultural warfare. And that's how, that's how that switch happened. And when it got to Freud, when Freud introduced, uh, everything was sexual. Everything about everything yep. is sexual. It turned all of that inside out to where we, we view life from how do we fit into life? And how do we how do we fit into the world to how does the world how does the world how do how do how does the world react to me? It's about me. How does the world react to me? And when you yeah. view and when you, you view it from a Freudian, everything is sexual and the Marxist uh, ideology that there has to be a victim and someone is oppressing you, it you get to the point eventually where you know the combination of the LGBTQ LNOP, those are not yeah. all the same thing. Uh, but they fell under the same umbrella because of the victim status gave right. them power against everybody else. And then eventually the, the trannies have come, they're going to eventually completely hijack that entire alphabet and take it completely over, which That's I know right. both, I know both he was you and I are, are uh, waiting for that day. That's going to be a glorious day. And, <laughs> and, and see, just to see if all the women 
and the regular gay people uh normal gay people will actually push back on this on this craziness but you know yeah this, i just thought that i'd interject that because it's what you said both Cephas and andrew which you've been talking about a little bit goes right along with what this book is trying to explain yeah it, you know I, I find it interesting how quickly the marxists i i i in the podcast i've said that i, I refuse to call them democrats anymore because we need to start calling things what they are so we're just going to call them marxists from now on because mm -hmm. it is what they are so it is crazy how fast they jumped away from the minority communities and jumped on to this trans transgender issue and just bailed on everybody else <laughs> and now it is all about that and i mean i've got notes for a show here uh, a show that you know, I've been wanting to do for a really long time, actually, one of the next shows, um, you know, probably, well, I don't know if it'll be the next show, but here in the future is what, what have the Marxists done for the black communities? What have they done for the minority communities? They've been in control for decades upon decades upon decades. Things have gotten worse. Way, way worse. worse. Way worse. Way, way worse. Way more violent. Education, just way, way worse education is opportunities schools failing kids graduating with nobody being able to read at grade level why do you keep voting for these people why don't you just give somebody else a shot what do you have to lose i mean really what what do you have to, how, it, look around how much worse is it going to get you're already it, the statistics say that it's already more dangerous to be in chicago than it was afghanistan yeah i mean how yeah. much worse is it going to get it, who knows we've talked about that in the past but see i mean like when is, an episode that says how much worse can it get? <laughs> That's the yeah, we, of the episode. We've talked about it. And, you know, actually, uh, when we were in Kansas City last week for the draft, we met uh, a couple dudes walked in with uh, Texas Rangers jerseys on. So, you know, obviously I, I stopped them and, and did a quick interview with them and just right out of the blue found out they were conservative. Uh, they, they, they dropped the, the fuck you, Joe Biden thing like they And they're actually uh, going <laughs> to they're going to come on the show next week, hopefully, and get into a deep interview. And we'll ask them in long form, like, dude, how how did you know? How did they the well, light bulb come on for them? You didn't. And, mention, right. You didn't mention the fact that they were both black. Oh, sorry, my bad. I, I assumed it. Assumed that. Yes, two black people. I don't see color, both see, but two two <laughs> <laughs> two two <laughs> large men who appeared to have more melanin in their skin than maybe me than I did. Uh, they walked in and, and nice yeah, they, nice yeah, really dark. They, they got some good skin there. So, yeah. I'll, and I, I'll ask them, I'll say, dude, like how, uh, in your family, are you the, are you the quote unquote black sheep for uh fun intended, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, I guarantee you without knowing that all of their family thinks they're crazy. I can I guarantee right. you. I bet you're right. Um, you know, I grew up in a part of Cincinnati where we're, it, we're a pretty diverse community. Um, you know, I, I played, I ended up, I went to college, played college football. Um, you know, college football locker rooms are pretty diverse places. What's, what's that? Where'd you play? I went to Moorhead State. Okay. I went to Moorhead State and, uh, in Kentucky. Yeah. And I, I tore my hamstring my sophomore year and was pretty well sick of being hurt all the time. So I, yeah. I kind of rolled on that one. You should have just, you should have thrown the football over the mountains, man. That's all you got to do. That's, That's right. Do. That's all you got to do. That's right. Yeah. I, um, no, I, I I love playing football, and that was a mistake. But um, being in in athletics at higher levels, you run into. I was in the military too, no. so you run into these people of all colors and creeds, and you find out that there's really not a whole lot 
a whole lot different. So it is interesting that we have these pockets of of different minority groups or you know different skin colors or whatever that tend to vote a certain direction. I, I just find it I find that fascinating actually. Um, and it, it does seem like some of that stuff is changing because I mean, how much worse can it get? Yeah, and, both and that's... those guys uh, that we met, both of them played college football. So yeah, that's what I was going. That's for, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, one so played like for you, Kansas, and the other one played for OU. Oh, really? And wow. And then, yeah, the uh, the younger brother, the dude that wasn't like seven feet tall and five hundred pounds, like <laughs> this one dude, like because my buddy is five. What are you five eleven? Five ten, five eleven. So his brother was standing next close to him in the interview. If you check out his Facebook page, he's probably like six two. You know, he's yeah. a good bit taller than my but. His brother is standing behind both of them a little bit, like a little, you know, in a way, in a camera, if you're standing back, you're obviously going to be smaller. He's still just towering over both. Like this dude was a massive fucking guy. I, yeah, I'd say he's about 6'6", six, six, probably, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were big. But yeah, that's funny because you're in the, you were in the military and in uh, sports at a, at, a, at a high, well, it doesn't really matter what level you're in. If you're in sports, those are the two things that completely erase uh, you know, anything doesn't matter how much money you make in those situations. It doesn't matter what color you are. Nothing matters in those two situations. And like, like both of us, both of us said, they were in sports. I don't know if they were in the military or not. It doesn't matter, but they, they learned that that shit just doesn't matter. When you, you know, when you're on a team, you're all the same. So, uh, you know, we'll find out we'll, we'll ask them why, why does you know and you can, they can't speak for an entire race obviously but you know it's sure. it's, it's just fun to ask people what you know their community and why it's how it got that way and what their perspective is but um you know it, it, trump had a little bit of a of a rise in the black community as far as votes um i mean i don't i don't both of us you think desantis he doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to get a big like draw from the african-american community i mean you say that but he's the first republican to win dade county since like the 80s and he crushed yeah. it like he literally blew it out of the fucking wall what's the demographics so, of dade uh i can't speak to it all again but it, it i'll look it, it up you had to look it up but he's the first he's the first republican to carry him like i said in for in at least two decades if not longer so, I mean, he has, he has a big calling to, you know, a lot of people. I bet the problem with that is he's – and I'll get your opinion on it, Andrew. I've been saying for months, I don't even know at this point if he's going to run because if I'm DeSantis, <laughs> I'm stepping the fuck back because Trump's shitting on him day in and day out on True Social, on every platform. He's bringing up his COVID record and how he said he's doing – he did worse than New York and this and that. Like, he's literally just crushing this dude. I'm like – you fucking live in his state, like. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter. All all the uh, Republicans are lining up behind Trump in the House and in Congress. Nobody's lining up behind DeSantis. It's not. It's just not his time for. And it and it's unfortunate for us, but it's not his time. If I'm if if I'm him, I don't even seek it at this point. I just take a step back, let the shit show continue, run my state, keep kicking ass, and then in 2028. I've got two terms of an impeccable record as a governor in one of the major, you know, swing states in this country. And I just, I literally just walk into the White House and said, just give me the fucking job. Well, right. And, and I mean, theoretically, if you did have Trump take the next term, I mean, he's going in there. He don't have to run for reelection. 
So it's going to be no holds barred. Right. I mean, you better get out of the way if you've ever crossed him in any way. So, so um, let's let's bring that up. Let's let's get your viewpoints on that. Uh, before before you were kind of right, Bocivas, uh stand corrected. Uh, Dade County is sixty eight percent Hispanic, followed by fifteen percent black, and the whites are the minority. So the fact that he that I mean, obviously he was he's bigger than the Hispanic community, but. He wouldn't have won it by that much if those 15 percent uh, black weren't supporting him, at least in some capacity. And uh, if I remember right, that was by a, a large number that he carried. Yeah, yeah big, big number. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, maybe he will carry uh, the the minority groups. Um, now, Andrew, it, in 2024, let, let's say that let's say that. It, well, in the primary, let, let's say the primary, uh, assuming DeSantis runs, which I, I mean, it's all all it's pointing that he will. Are you on the on the team trump no matter what or are you on the team of like DeSantis's is is uh, is more the way to go in the future you know i haven't chosen a team on this one yet we got a long time to go i love donald trump greatest president of my lifetime dude went in there and did stuff and said stuff that needed to be done the right. system is so gamed and so perverted and twisted right now that it is, it, we are getting to a point where we are almost the opposite of what the founders intended for us to be. Right. I think Trump went in there and mixed it up. And if I think he got in there again, I, I it would be fantastic. I, I really believe that. I like a lot of the policy stuff he's been talking about. A lot of the, um, you know, trying to do stuff to promote families, two-parent families again, you know, mother-father families, because uh, one of the, I believe one of the biggest issues in this country, the data says that fatherless homes are one of the biggest issues in this in this country. But I do find somebody, I, I, I'm curious to see the debates. I want to see how things go. I want to see how things shake out. It feels like in politics, that's so far away. I love both of them. I love Trump. I love Trump. Will always, forever be grateful if he never, if he decided I'm not running. Yeah, I would forever be grateful to that man for the seismic shift that he brought to Washington and how many people he woke up to the nonsense that is going on there. Um, but I think that there's a sleeper here that I don't think he has any chance to win, but I think his ideas are going to be extremely valuable. And you guys seem like you pay attention, so I'm sure you won't be surprised when I say this. I think Vivek Ramaswamy <laughs> has some ideas and is saying some stuff, focusing on some stuff. Uh, he was on Cudlow today, Larry Cudlow today, talking about um, reforming the Federal Reserve and how, what, so what an impact that would have on this country just with the Federal Reserve focusing on making a stable dollar instead of trying to game the system, instead of trying to control the system. And his ideas that he's had on what to do with the federal federal bureaucracy, I just think Vivek's a, a smart guy. He's like sharp. He no chance to win. He's sharp. Now, what what exactly is his uh, political background? He has no political background. Okay, so he's a complete outsider. Total. Okay, and I, I saw some clips of, of him on with uh, Chuck Todd. Uh, yes, that I think, was I think awesome. it was. Yeah, I think it was Chuck. That right there, though, tells me he ain't a serious contender because they're not. Chuck Todd ain't bringing on DeSantis. He ain't bringing on Trump. Uh, you know, uh, right. he is he is sharp. I'll give you that. He is sharp and interesting. He can he can. I, I think his ideas are valuable to this cycle. I and think, how old is, how old is he? 
Um. Oh man, I, he's mid thirties. Oh, okay. Mid thirties or so. So he'll be around. He'll yeah, be he's around. A, well, he's got to be old enough to run. So he's at least 30, 35, 36, yeah. 37. Um. He's a young guy, and he's. I think he is going to be around for a while. Um, but I think the most important thing that he's going to bring to this cycle is those ideas on the debate stage, because I think he is going to get enough support behind him to get on the debate stage. And I think that that helps a lot. And I hear a lot of people saying Trump can't win, Trump can't win. And <laughs> I think that is a bunch of BS. I think, first off, we have no idea what this, if, if this place descends into depression, and things go completely sideways or if russia drops a bomb and we find ourselves in world war three tomorrow yeah. that's a seismic shift to what's going to happen in the election and things are in total chaos right now um so i think people saying that trump can't win first off i don't think that that makes sense there are some polls that have him ahead but i do really like ron DeSantis too i mean i hate to be the guy that's kind of playing you know down the middle here a little bit but I, there's a lot more i want to see from this and I, I think that all of us, I think it's a healthy thing to want to take in more information. Let's take in as much information as we can. Oh, for sure. Let's, just... know, let's see how this thing shakes out. And then whoever the candidate is, whoever it is as conservatives, we all have to rally around it because petty differences between who likes who and whatever is not nearly as bad as the Marxism that is being imposed on us. The plan that is, is getting dumped on our head right now. Here, here's the problem, and you you know that that Bocevas and I agree with everything you're saying, but here's where we, and I know Bocevas agrees with me on this, it, here's where I just don't, I, and I can't, it's a strong word, I would never say can't, but I don't think Trump can win, and it's, it has nothing to do with Trump. It's the fucking, those diehard Trump supporters who, if, if, um, it, it, let, let's say that Trump loses the primary, and DeSantis is the... There's probably 10% of those Trump fans that are so, fuck this, I'm taking my ball, and going home, they're never going to let my guy win. They won't even vote. And if it's just 10%, that is going to put Biden again in the office. Now, let's say Trump does win, and those, those 10% do vote. Well, now you're going against the fucking whole system, all, every, like, all the forces to be that do not want, they, they, I just, I think there's no way that they're going to let this guy be president again. Both was, I mean, I know you kind of think along the same lines. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And I was wondering it's up earlier when we were talking about the draft. And it's not just the draft, but everywhere we go, you know, it's amazing that Joe Biden somehow got the most votes of any president <laughs> in the history of the country. That's Everybody what hates him. That's what they told us. However, everywhere we go, nobody likes this motherfucker. Have you ever seen a fucking Biden-Harris bumper sticker in your goddamn life? I've seen more Beto, <laughs> vote Beto bumper stickers here in Texas than I've ever seen a fucking Biden-Harris, even a marker in somebody's yard. I've never even fucking, I don't even know what it would even look like. But yet somehow, this dude got 81 million votes, and yet some, and then... Flash that forward to what you're talking about. I'm supposed to believe that if Trump runs again, that somehow he's going to beat this already rigged ass system. I mean, and, and the worst thing is it's both sides. That kind of, if you believe it was collusion or whatever, that kind of shit doesn't happen without fucking rhinos and Democrats saying, hey, fuck this motherfucker. This mm -hmm. is our ball game. 
He's not allowed to play in it. Kick his ass out. No matter what it takes. I mean, look at look at the persecution this dude has faced in and now out of office. We indicted a former president of the United States over payment to a fucking porn star. Hush money payment. And I don't give a shit if he paid her to shut her up. The dude's married and famous. You Married and famous people pay whores all the time to keep their fucking mouths shut. It's usually an upfront fucking agreement. He probably should have done that, but whatever. It probably was. It probably was. It might have been. Who fucking knows? But either way, the fact that he's been indicted for that and he's a former president. I mean, my God, Gerald Ford fucking pardoned Richard Nixon almost immediately. Well, I mean, let's be honest about this, too. There is more evidence and more corruption in the Biden family that is overt out in the of open. Course. Yeah, of we course. Yeah, we all, everybody knows it. Sitting in, his son is free and he's, nobody's even talking about potentially. His son is on him. Air Force One traveling the world with the president of the United States as his personal fucking handler. Did you see the videos in Ireland? <laughs> he literally had to correct him when they were asking him questions and he was answering, I don't know, somebody that wasn't theirs questions. Somebody, yeah. some question was never answered. He's like, no, 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 dad, they were asking about this. And he's like, Oh, come on, man. Like, he had no fucking <laughs> clue what the fuck was going on. Like, we have a, a literal senile. And, I, and again, I don't like the guy, but I do feel bad the fact that he, he is completely senile at this point. He is not yeah. in his faculties, and he is sitting <clears throat> in the most important chair in the entire fucking world. And they're propping him up and keeping him there. And the scary thing is, the most scary thing is, that I don't think because of the way the system is, I don't think that Trump can beat him. I just don't think so. Okay, sir. So you're in the Kent uh, department. But, Andrew, what you were saying, that just remi- that just uh, a 1980s movie line popped in, it, it doesn't it, – of course we know that Biden and all – yeah, it doesn't matter what we know. It doesn't even matter what we can prove in this case. Nope. You, you convict them, they're going to walk them through and then out the back door and fly them off to FC9 or something. So it doesn't even matter what you know and what we can prove. It doesn't matter. So, like, you know, I'm not as strong with it as Bo Sivas. Bo Sivas says that there's, he doesn't think that he can. I don't think it's very likely at all. I think they're going to – if he gets – if Joe Biden, the, the corpse of Joe Biden gets 82 million votes or uh, or Trump gets 82 million votes, Joe Biden, they will find a way to get 82 million in one. Or, you know, the electoral – he'll get one more electoral vote. It doesn't fucking – I just don't think. They're going to let that outsider, which we, I, I love him for the same reason you love him. I love him because he shook up the whole system. The rhinos didn't want him. The Dems didn't want him. The powers of B didn't want him. The elite, nobody wanted him, which is why he was the 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 needle to, to pop the balloon that we needed. However, right. going forward, now that now that balloon's a little bit popped and it's starting to deflate, we need someone that can go, come in there, and in my opinion, and work that system, clean house. Because that's one thing. Like, I love Trump, too. He didn't. He did try to clean the house a little bit, but then he hired horrible people to surround him, had horrible hires, had to fire most of them. He didn't drain the swap. He, he kept Fauci on, let Fauci make all – like, he wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. No, that's not true. <laughs> now, maybe <laughs> now maybe he would do it differently the second time. I was, I'm sure he would because, you know, you learn as you, as you go with, with anything. However, I know what DeSantis will do. 
Because when he went into Florida, he literally drained that motherfucker and started over from his vision and surrounded his pe- his uh, vision with people with the same vision going forward. And it's it's just been seamless the whole way through. So, uh, you know, in the primary, I know you're waiting. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I know you're waiting. I'm not waiting. I'm voting for DeSantis. I'm telling everybody that I can, that'll listen to me to vote for DeSantis in the primary. Now, of course, when it, if Trump wins, of course, I'm voting for Trump. So, you know, but... I wouldn't hesitate in any way to vote for either one of them. I think DeSantis is beyond strong. Um, I love what he's done in Florida. In fact, I think he needs to spend more time talking about, in particular, the economic side of what he's done in Florida. Um, Well, I mean, you said you're the data guy, so I saw the numbers. It's the first time in a two-year cycle that New York and California have had net negative migration in the history of the fucking country <laughs> and yet florida and texas where we are that's i mean and i think north carolina if, if i'm wrong correct me but that's like the three strongest growing populations there's a fucking reason for that you know well here's some desantis data this is good stuff i don't know why desantis isn't saying this stuff so new york and florida have about the same amount of people new york spends twice the budget double the budget has a 14% state tax rate and has half the growth of Florida. So Florida spends half the money, no taxes, and twice the growth of New York. If I was DeSantis, I would be hammering that. Yeah. I would be hammering that to people. We've got a spending problem. We need to to grow the the economy. Um, it seems that the rest of the country is going to slide into recession and Florida is just jamming on along there. So, yeah, I, look, I think DeSantis is more electable at this point. Um, and that does factor in for me who I'm going to vote for in the primary, because at the end of the day, we have to win. We have, we to, have win. to win in we 2024. Win. We have to win. Um, I, I just yeah. I don't think so, boy. I mean, yeah, we have to. I, I I never thought I'd say this a year ago. I thought, oh, and certainly two years ago, I thought that this was going to be the biggest landslide in 2024 that we saw since Reagan in in uh, in '80. I don't know anymore, man. I really, I, I, I just don't know. I'm very worried that you might be right. Yeah, I am I'm, too. I'm terrified. Uh, and to your point on the DeSantis thing, which you would be hammering. So I I brought this up to Longhorn. I don't know if I've brought it up on the podcast or not, but we will know. Uh, but I, I did tell him that if I was whoever, it doesn't matter if it's Trump, it doesn't matter if it's DeSantis, it doesn't matter what who the nominee is, ends up being. We have our base, right? We have our people. We know they're going to get those votes. Obviously, that's not enough. Obviously, it's not enough. So, and it, it ties in exactly perfectly what you said that you want to do your, uh, one of your next podcasts over. What do you have to lose? That would literally be my campaign slogan. And I wouldn't even, fuck. I mean, you got to go to your base or whatever a little bit. I would spend so little time he doesn't doing need rallies. To. Yeah, he don't I, need to. I would spend so little time doing rallies where I know I'm going to win. I would literally be in downtown Detroit, downtown Chicago, right. New York City. I mean, San Francisco, fucking right. LA, like uh, fucking uh, Seattle, everywhere that is oppressed and does have all these problems and that would be my literal slogan what do you have to fucking lose you've been losing your whole goddamn life voting one direction 
Just give yeah. me a chance. Just give me How's, a chance and see what fucking happens. How's that working? You like jobs and businesses and uh, urine and feces on the street and homeless yeah, everybody's people that have more leaving your city. You All I the mean, businesses are leaving your city. All the corporations are leaving your city. Joe Rogan got the fuck out. Amazon got the fuck out. Fucking uh, <laughs> Tesla got the fuck. Like they're all leaving you for a reason. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, that's something that you've brought that up before, but it was like you said. That's such a great point. Like I wonder going forward that I've never really paid much much attention to that. Honestly, like where they do rallies, um, I will definitely be looking in this you know upcoming season. Like, is he just going to fucking <laughs> Dallas, Texas? and nashville tennessee and just florida like like and and if if they have campaign strategists like like yeah i mean why are they not it's it's a really good question like why are they not is there a safety issue like is there is it like dude we can't we can't drop you in the hot zone i mean i don't yeah. i don't know what it is like i mean i well, don't think sadly, so it i i Sadly, it appears as if many of the Republican strategists are from the last 20 or 30 years of dumb dick globalists, and uh, they're morons, and they have no idea how to run campaigns to try to bring in people outside of the base. Um, it's almost like they're afraid to go out and say the truth in places that yeah. people need to hear it the most. They, um, they run campaigns like, like they are scared to win. Right. Or they, or they they expect to, so like for example here in Texas, Beto, who's just I I hate that dude so much. <laughs> first of all, first of all, if you don't know his full story, his name is Robert Francis O'Rourke. <laughs> he is as I he is as fucking Irish as a goddamn potato, soaked in Guinness. That's how fucking Irish this dude is. <laughs> but somehow he has grifted his way to pretending that he is a Mexican for whatever fucking oh. reason. Nice. That's why he goes by Beto O'Rourke, and he um, <laughs> he panders to the Hispanic crowd. But here's what this guy does: he he runs for election for a different office every two to four years. He never comes close to winning, even getting on the ticket most of the time. Whatever. He's a professional grifter. He runs on campaign funds. He's never had a job. Like he's lived his whole life just doing this as an adult. But yet, everywhere he fucking has his rallies is in border towns or college towns. And that's it. He won't go to a, you know, a metro area where he might get some pushback. He won't go to pretty much all the rest of Texas where he'll get some pushback. Where does he do a rally? El Paso. Uh, fucking you know, Texas University. Like He'll do rallies like where he can get the liberal, most liberal of liberal fucking crowds. Austin in general, period. Uh, downtown Dallas, which is fucking liberal as it can get. That's where this fucking guy goes because he knows he's not going to win. So he doesn't want the, he just wants the positive images of people surrounding him and cheering. And fundraising. He, yeah, and fundraising. Yeah. He, he lives off fucking fundraising. And yeah. that's, that's how a lot of Republicans campaign, even though they have a good chance to win. Well, I mean, I got to ask you guys this. So <laughs> in the next, next election, whoever the candidate is, if they didn't show up in your town to have a rally in your town, would you not vote for them? Of course we would. Of course not. So you don't come, need to come see me, man. Like, I know I know what you're about. I know it. I'm going to yeah, vote for I don't you. Need I know what's going on. Go talk to the people you need to win. 
And don't be afraid to say the things that need to be said in order to try to win people over. Um, I hate that conservatives are afraid to talk about issues because they don't want to get painted in a certain light or they don't want to get called the name. They're going to call you the fucking name anyway. Always. They're going to call you the fucking name anyway. So you may as well say it. Well, when when we go to the draft is in Detroit next year, uh, I'm gonna do some man on the street in Detroit. I might not make it back alive. I might I might I might have a few more holes in me, but uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna stir it up, and you know I'll, I'll figure out a clever way to do it to where it's not. Um, well, hey man, he did that. He we went to Cleveland when they had the draft there. He did that shit in Cleveland. Nothing but positive. Like it yeah. was nothing but positive. Fucking fit again. Cleveland, Ohio, you know, whatever. I've heard different stories about Ohio, different parts, what's liberal, what's conservative. And obviously, you know, it can be a very big swing state. But, I mean, again, everywhere we fucking go, it's nothing but people that profess to be conservatives, yet we can't win an election. I don't understand how that e- how that's even fucking possible. You know, I, I in b- being from Ohio, uh, Tim Ryan is about as, I mean, allegedly— you campaigned as moderate as you could possibly campaign and still got just wiped off the mat by J.D. Vance. I mean, it wasn't as big a victory as I had maybe hoped. We were looking like 8 9 10%, 10 points. But still, Tim Ryan, with all this history, and, I mean, he ran a pretty – he if you ran a camp, – his campaign, if you didn't know any better, you'd have thought he was a conservative. That's like literally this dude was campaigning as a conservative. His voting record was totally the opposite, which is ultimately what killed him and. I think J.D. Vance is the type of senator that we need in the United States Senate. We need more of those guys. Yeah, um, he, he he was one of the few Trump, uh, yeah. you know, ones that worked out. It, right. a, lot, a lot of them were failures, but but go ahead. Yeah, we, well, we um, we, you know, we we got common sense here in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you didn't you didn't have a TV a former TV star that doesn't live in the state or a fucking what former fuck former Georgia that? running back who can barely speak. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, bad. it just good. Like the RNC, my God. Do I mean? They're do terrible. We really even need the to Republicans go are terrible. They're they're the worst. That's why. I mean, anybody who listens to the podcast, you will hear me say a million times over. Definitely don't call me a Democrat, but don't call me a Republican either, because there's a bunch of those assholes that they are actually liberals, and I don't have anything in common with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, for God's sakes, there's there's a vast majority of them that like the only good things they've done in their careers are the Supreme Court justices. The rest of them, they were as liberal as you could possibly be on every damn thing. They've sold us out in every way possible. Um, I just I wish conservatives and it, it seems like some of these younger conservatives that we're seeing um, in the House in particular, the Freedom Caucus seems to be growing a bit. And it seems like they're not as afraid to go to places and say the things that need to be said. Um, Cause I think they realize that, well, um, they're going to get called names anyway. So you may as well say it. I mean, yeah, it's well, frustrating because Republicans need to be solution creators. And we've spent so much time in particular in the last midterms pointing at the other side saying, look how bad they are. Look how bad they are. And they didn't tell anybody how they were actually going to solve anything. And plus, we picked stupid candidates. So we have we have to engage in the culture war. Like like bottom line, we gave up the culture. We gave the yeah. culture away to the Democrats a long time ago. We've been on defense and responsive to the Democrats 
for as I mean, as long as I've been alive and 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 following it, we it's time for us to get on the offense. And that's why with this, with this, uh, you know, the, the trans movement, that is the perfect opportunity to go on offense, stay on offense, right, and win that war. We're, you know, right. if we win that war. That's one that we can put in our like, hey, we're taking it back. That was that'll be the first one we take back. And we'll get a lot of people in the middle. We'll get a lot of Democrat Democrats right. to get on our side with that one. And once you get a win in your pocket and say, hey, no, no, we're okay. We gave it to you for the longest time. We're coming back now. We're gonna start with the trends and then we're gonna move to, to you know, whatever, like move down the line, whatever politician can figure it out from there. But we gotta go on the offense and start getting some wins. Um, because because the Democrats, the, that's the funny thing, is like. You know, they're, for the longest time, the Republicans are like, well, you know, let's be let's not push too much too soon. Democrats don't give a fuck. They will push as hard as they want. They'll say something completely false and not not even think twice about it. Like they'll they'll look like foolish and then go back the next day and say the same thing. So, we, you know, I don't want to look foolish, you know, in front of camera, but but we got to fight for what we believe in and not be scared to have the pushback and just keep going and going and going at them. They play fuck you politics in everything that they do. Yeah. And we're going to have to start playing fuck you politics too. And the good thing about when you're both playing fuck you politics is when the truth is 100% on your side. You're going to win. The facts and the data are 100% on your side. You are going to win those arguments when you're both playing FU arguments. I love the dude in Indiana that says that he's a city councilman or whatever. And he just came out recently and said that he has some Native American blood in him. And he is oh, now coming out. And he's yeah. a Native American uh, female lesbian. Yeah. And have you seen this, Bosevas? I have not. Oh my God! This this fucking oh. he, he he's doing a bit, uh, yeah. but he's but he's keeping it up. And they they're fucking losing their shit because they know he's they know we we talked about this podcast. We talked about someone should do this just to say yeah I, I identify as uh, I'm a, I'm a black female lesbian, and and he, he's a congressman and he's doing it and. They're having all these town meetings. They're like, this is a farce. I, we can't do this. Is, I can't believe he's doing this. He needs to be taken off a meeting. And he's just simply holding. He's holding strong. He's like, you don't get to tell me what I am. That is your rule. Right. You said that I get to be whatever I can be whenever I want to. And I don't have to change anything. You don't own my transition. This is what I am. This is what I'm going to be. Deal with it. <laughs> it's fucking so goddamn great. Awesome. They put up a, he put a before and after picture up there, and it was the same. The same. It was the same picture. <laughs> but, that's, oh but that's the thing that yes. has to happen, because have you read, have you read uh, Saul Linsky's uh, Rules for Radicals? I have read a long time ago okay yes that that's like there's all these rules and one of the rules is make your opponent play by their fucking rules they need to say fuck number four okay yeah make your opponent play by the rules that they set and it these are the things that we have to do so like yeah you gotta look it up both see but this is fucking it's gold man oh it's fantastic and the thing is is that the fundamental thing about marxism which is great when you're arguing against it is that none of it is based in any reality like yeah. Marx was an idiot. He got it all wrong. Yeah. Like, oh, capitalism's going to fail. No, it didn't fail. It didn't fail at all. In fact, it completely disproved every theory that this guy ever had. But when they shifted course, they, they had to find a way, like you were saying earlier, to shift a course to something that 
wasn't going, uh, couldn't be changed. So they shifted to race because you can't change your skin color. So now you've got a permanent issue that you can use to divide people because that's really what it's all about. It's just dividing people, pitting them against each other yeah. while all the elites are up here and they're showing you the, the magic trick in the right hand and they're fucking you with the left hand. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. Um, we brought it up several times in the podcast. It's like we're we're literally watching the real life version of the Hunger Games right. come into play because right. they're all like the rhinos and the fucking libs are up there with their in their eyes wide shut parties, fucking <laughs> all these kids doing coke, oh, loving each other, and all the sh all the depravity that they do. While they're like, yeah. hey, all you fucking uh, commoners, stay down there and fight each other for fucking food and all the shit we say. And we'll be up here, you know, doing whatever the fuck we want. And we don't really give a fuck, but we're going to... I mean, it's literally like professional wrestling, except it's going on in politics. Like, after right. the match, fucking Macho Man and Hulk Hogan were drinking beers together You're right. at the bar <laughs> while two dumbasses are in the parking lot fighting each other over who really won the match. Macho Man and Randy said, like, <laughs> they're fighting each other. And... You know, they're in the bar drinking beers together because they know it's a fucking show. It's the same shit that we have with our politics. They know it's a big fucking show. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it has gotten so dramatic. And they go yeah. on and they do these hits on these shows and they say these ridiculous things. And um, like the, AOC. The, oh my God. The fake handcuffs. Oh I mean, my God. Remember on. that? Heard Ilion Omar. The Come fake on. handcuffs. They had their hands behind their back. The cops were like 30 feet behind them. Nobody handcuffed them. They're like, we literally, and this is how we literally got arrested today for just promoting freedom. We literally <laughs> got arrested today. Like, and, bitch, right. no, you didn't. And no. they don't have, they don't care. They'll go and put their face right back in front of a camera with no sense of shame. Nothing. It's it's truly amazing that they just don't care. It's almost commendable in a way. To a little be bit. With yeah. you. Again, that goes that goes to the evil. Like, are you dumb or evil? And it, you know, it, you know, maybe, maybe she came. I think I said this before, both of us when we got into this to this discuss. I think she definitely came in stupid because she she clearly is. Uh, but you know, she's she's been here for a while now. It's, I mean, she's probably coming up on what she's learning well, the game. Yeah, she's now she's transitioning into evil. And yeah. so, so, you know, uh, yeah, she does have great tits. Her tits will uh, never be, they'll never be evil. Her tits will never be evil. Uh, the entire rest of her body will neither, be. Neither will that ass. Don't, don't disparage that ass. Oh, that the, dude on the steps. That the dude on the big steps. Big booty Latino. Oh my God. Oh man. You beautiful big booty Latino. That's out. Al that's Alex Stein. Speaking of people that another, another voice in this, uh, space that we need, that's prime time Alex Stein. Like, dude, he's fucking. That's that's the fucking man. And you know, like when we do when we do the man on the street stuff, both of us, I would love to get something that goes viral out there. That you know, if we're lucky enough to like see, you know, either a player or a, you know anybody with with some status that I can interview, or you know, if they're if they're blowing me off, then I'll I'll think of something clever to hackle them or something, just something to make it go to go viral. But you know, because that's. That's the only way we're going to get into that into that realm because they will not talk to us. You know, and no. I did not when I'm say us, I mean the overall us, like like famous, like Bongino, Tucker. They can't even get people to come on. They no. can't get people to debate them. 
They so can't get Republicans see, to come on. Right. Half the time. Did you see the libs of TikTok chick get the photo with AOC? Oh yes, was yes she did. Oh yeah. AOC that, didn't know who she was or what? Yeah, no idea who she was. And shit, like earlier, she had had one. Of her, <laughs> she dropped <laughs> off a complaint at her office <laughs> or whatever because you know AOC despair. You know whatever it was defamation. And she got a picture with her, and she was like, and AOC was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. and like smiling and hugging her. And she's like. By the way, uh, I dropped off a, uh, a complaint letter for defamation at your office earlier. But as they're taking the picture, AOC's like, all right, yeah, I know who you are, uh, blah, blah, blah. And like, she's like, uh, you're, you're not allowed here back again, Bo. And she walked out. And she's like, oh, hey, bye. And like, just kind of blew her up. But it was so funny. She got the, like, and people had like, of the pictures they were taking, they had the moment AOC's face like dropped when she realized who she was. <laughs> it was fucking great, dude. So in DC, can you just where where was that? Was it on the steps? Was it in the Capitol? Where was it? It was know. in the Capitol. Yeah, it was yeah in the, I think so. So, it was in so the Capitol, yeah. Do, you can just walk in there as a like uh do you have to have a pass or like how's that work? You know, that's a good I I don't I know the answer know. to that question. Yeah, because I mean, like I'd love to, like, if she they ever went do... to her office and dropped up a formal complaint with her secretary. Like, oh, a letter, so, like so, a so, so she was there for, you know, uh, she had business there. Uh, but Bosiva said, like, if the draft ever goes to uh, the Washington Redskins, you bet your sweet ass we're taking a trip to the Capitol yeah. <laughs> and we're doing some man on the street in the Capitol and we're finding somebody. Yeah, that's right. There's still the Redskins uh, on all of our podcasts. So, yeah. Uh, sorry no, for everybody's offended by that, but I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's more, that, it's more that identity politics shit. I'll show them how to storm uh, a cap. I'll show you how to storm a capital and get some interviews. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll storm that capital and uh, try to motorboat AOC's tits. Is what I'm going to try to do. <laughs> oh, you know what we could do. All we have to do is is when we get the microphone, both see us with the uh, with the, the the four sides. All we got to do is put. Um, on three sides, we'll put CNN, and then we'll put our logo on the back, and I'll kind of tuck it in <laughs> yeah. until until it's showtime. Then I'll flip it around and be like, "Got you, motherfuckers!" <laughs> Speaking of identity politics and all that shit, we were talking about uh, Republicans and how bad they are at winning elections. I am literally blown away, blown away by this Bud Light. I want to get you guys' opinion on this. On the boycott, the only boycott of my lifetime that's ever actually fucking worked. Because when it first came out, and I followed uh, financials very closely, it was a lot of trades. It was like, ah, it's a blip, blah, blah, blah. It was a natural downturn. They were at an all-time high. It's blah, blah, blah. Like, just explain, explain, explain away. Now, their outside sales are down 29%, which is a huge thing for any alcohol industry. It's the largest dip of a beer producer in America in the history of fucking America because nobody drinks Jesus. less beer. Like, who the fuck does that? Good Lord. And, but we, so my question is like, we can do this and don't, and don't tell me it's all Republican or whatever. There's a lot of people to make that fall. So we can come right. together off a fucking gay dude pretending to be a little girl. We get that passionate about beer. But we can't get as passionate about who is running the fucking country. Like, if we could mobilize about beer. Well, fucking beer. And it's piss beer. And everyone's like, oh, I'm drinking Coors Light. Right. That's piss beer, too. Hey, uh, excuse me, sir. I will not let you <laughs> I will not let you disparage my beer that I'm drinking right now. But, but yes, of course, it's it's, uh, it's piss beer. I'll, uh, Andrew, like, I, I just don't understand. Like, I'll, I'll let you guys I, have the floor. But I don't understand, like, how can we get this mobilized? Over something so fucking arbitrary. Because it's not the beer. It's not right. the beer. 
it's it's the it's the trans and that's the that's the one thing that brings part of that middle and even even people on the left a little bit over enough to make that big of a dent it's not the beer because the beer is it's, it's like if it had been i don't know what's a leftist movement like if they if they if bud light would have gone green or something like hey we're supporting yeah. we're supporting more uh uh green energy they did every every corporation in America did it a long time ago. That's well, you know what I mean. Like, like put put then, then think of a leftist activist that's not a trans. If they'd have done anything like that, it'd have been a little dip and then right back to normal. But the tranny issue is so hardwired into who we are, and it's so foreign to everything that that is true that you're gonna have a big movement like that. Uh, Andrew, I, I didn't want to steal, but you you go ahead. No, no, you're good. No, I, I do think you're right. I think there's a shock value to it. Um, I think it's something that, you know, um, people aren't used to seeing. Um, I also think that they've gone way, way too far with it. I mean, for God's sakes, we just saw a shooting in Nashville where a woman, yes, a woman shot up a school and killed three children and three people who were trying to protect those children. And we saw the movement refuse to speak to the police officers who saved more people that day and try and promote and prop up the three people who were trying to say that one, they tried to turn it into uh, gun violence immediately, which mm -hmm. that's predictable, but they were trying to say that the shooter was a victim. Yeah. They, they've gone so far. They've gone right, so and far. And right after that, and it, and it was right after. So, like, that that rose people wrong. And, I mean, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but not too long after that, you've right. got Dylan Mulvaney up there prancing around talking about March Madison. He's the new sponsor of Bud Light. Like, dude, it just – it was but the I mean, worst. I, I guess that's my kind of my, to my point, though. So, you've got the Nashville shooter, the crazy chick. But yet, what happened in the public eye? Even the fucking Country Music Awards – uh, went out there and performed songs for the trans movement, for they had transes on stage. It was nothing but total support. You had Madonna said she's going to come to a concert. All this stuff, benefits for Nashville, benefits for this fucking crazy chick. All this insanity. I mean, immediately, just like you said, Andrew, immediate support. It flipped from tragedy to support for the fucking asshole that did this. But yet, again, this dude... Shows a beer can and everybody loses their fucking minds. Like think, to me, I don't give a fuck about the beer. I don't give a fuck about that shitty beer. I think they're correlated though. I, I think they're correlated. I think because they were shoving all that shit into our face after a tragedy like that, and then you roll out this dickhead on beer. I think, would, giving, I think you're giving people too much credit. They've been shoving this shit in our face for two years now. It wasn't until they're like, not my goddamn Bud Light. That like. That was the fucking line that they what? crossed. Like, how you know, is I, that the line? I, I think it may have actually been, because it, it is a bit bizarre, right? It's like, oh, the piss beer. Oh, God, we can't can't do that. But I I, I think that it, it may have been just a buildup of all this stuff, just building one thing on top of another. And it was the one thing that, especially given what we had just experienced, which maybe people didn't weren't directly correlating it, but it was another thing on that pile that people just said no that's it i've had it i'm not doing this well, here's i'm my, done with this and i'm out here's my pushback to that though because 
uh, around the same timeline, this fucking freak show, Dylan Mulaney, also got sponsorships from Maybelline and Tampax. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he yeah. is a sponsor for Tampax. My first question is, where is he sticking it? And secondly, hey. what's he, uh, what's he uh, really preventing with that other than giving himself an enema? I don't know, but yet the women in this country... They don't seem to have a fucking problem. Did, did Tampax sales drop? Did Maybelline's sales fucking drop? Did they lose fucking seven billion in market value? No, they didn't. They, they don't did. drink, but they don't drink Bud Light either. So that would that would suggest that it's a mostly male-driven pushback against this against this movement. Which is the right. biggest? That's my biggest problem with the whole fucking thing. Like, it's only women really supporting this entire fucking insanity. And it's right. only hurting them the most. It's not hurting us. Mm -hmm. They're not taking. Why? They're not taking my scholarship away. They're not playing in my sport. Women aren't coming to play men's sports. There's not a single woman that's transitioned to a man and then gone on to go to the NFL and lead the fucking league in rushing or go to the PGA and just fucking be hitting it 400 yards and kill. No, it only goes the. Uh, I saw a guy the other day won a cyclist event by like 40 fucking seconds. Dude won like 350 grand and the fucking trophy. Like it ain't going the other. Like we're not getting hurt, but it's only them. But yet, when their shit gets pushed, they don't give a fuck. But God damn it, you drink a Bud Light, that's it. I'm done. Like I don't understand. I don't understand. I think that there is a bit of a. Um, I think it is a bit different amongst men's and women's products. I do think you're onto something. I think it was. Uh, I can't remember if it was Tommy Lauren or if it was Kaylee McEnany that said, "Yeah, so they've so been." Hot. They, uh, they've been well they've been playing in all these um you know they've been playing in all these other different spaces and all these with all these other different products but it was when they messed with a largely men's product that now this was this was this was it this was the level you know this was the straw that broke the camel's back yeah, and i do and, think that there's a bit of a piece to that and we need uh eventually it's just not bad enough yet bocevis like i mean it, this is relatively new there's there's probably a lot of women that How don't even worse is it gonna oh, get <laughs> you remember you gotta remember though we're in this space so we know all these stories there's a lot of people in middle you know middle of the country women specifically they have no idea who dylan mulvaney is they don't it'll slowly it's not bad enough yet it will be, and we, we we will need these women to step up and and start voting the other way to push to push back on it. But it's just relatively new still. I mean, it's just not it's not out there enough yet. Other than the <laughs> inner city minority people, that would be my number one demographic to attack. Right. As a Republican candidate, you got to get the female vote, and that is another reason why I don't think Trump really has a chance. They're not going to vote for this dude. They're no. just not going to fucking. Do They've it. already pr they proven that. Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm gonna grow by the pussy and make him vote for me. And you know, and they, they proved that they proved that because uh, the one time that he did win, somehow magically, thank God for us, he ran against the one person that women actually hate worse than him. It's which is Hillary Clinton. Oh, like, like, pants suit. I mean, the women hate. She tested right. so bad with women that even Trump could could beat her. Um, but you know, it's yeah, these look. Women are not. To ear earplugs women you're not very smart we should make all <laughs> we need to make all the decisions for you you make all the wrong decisions you're slow to catch up this is uh, why this is why we we are the leaders of the world but uh why don't yeah, we they, ever enfranchise them jesus thank god thank god they feel good and smell good all the time jesus 
Sorry, Andrew, to drag you into this, but this is no, kind of, this is where this devolves like to. I played, I played college sports. I was, I've, I've heard locker room and been involved in lots of locker room talk. I was in the military, so yeah, you can't. It doesn't get any worse than what gets said in those places. You know, if there if there was actually a real tranny that uh, had all working female parts, but but acted like a dude, I don't know. Maybe I might change my mind. But it seems like all the trannies are disgusting looking. Uh, still have junk in, in their down in their right. in their crotch and. But no, I'm just kidding. To edit that out, but we don't. We, I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't. Sure. I don't, I don't yeah, we'll take that out. None of that'll be in. <laughs> uh, you know, any other hot it, topics? It, actually, this is another thing, though. Why I, I personally think it's important, and I get sick of hearing morons like Nikki Haley talking shit about DeSantis and his fight with Disney. This is actually why I think no, you, you don't give up the fight it, now. And and I heard DeSantis the other day explaining it the way that I think it should be explained because Nikki Haley's trying to present it as if, oh, he's just attacking. He's just attacking Disney. No, what he's doing is Disney injected themselves into politics. They put they started this this whole issue, this whole mess. And now DeSantis, after taking a look at it, has realized that fine, okay, you want to inject yourself into it and you want to try to promote sexualizing our children then you're not going to get extra benefits that other companies in the state of Florida don't get. Because how is that fair to the other businesses in the state of Florida? If yes, okay, Disney, you're big, but you basically get to run your own fiefdom here. Like this is, you can do whatever the hell you want, run your own government, make your own rules. They're literally like their own country in the middle of the state. They're like the Vatican. (laughs) I mean, why does, why does a, a company deserve any company. I mean, if you look out to California, I mean, they don't run their own counties. They don't run their own. Even the five companies in California that are larger than most of the world's economies. The Silicon they, they Valley, yeah. I so, mean, yeah. So, so yeah. So, like, uh, that's that's the split in the Republican Party is like, are you going to be more, you know, uh, Nikki Haley or or your regular? We're, let's not get so much into the culture war. Let's talk. Let's talk. You know, bring the, just all the fucking normal platitudes. Let's bring everybody together and let's and let's focus on family and all the bullshit. Like you have to get in the mud and get into these culture wars. In my opinion, going forward to to win these wars and DeSantis, seemed, uh, Trump does it his own way. Like you never know what fucking Trump. That's the thing is like he, one second he might be with with the republican establishment on something and then like the next day he's like fighting the the greatest anti-establishment movement ever you just right. never know that guy which is why he was a pretty effective uh president on the, the geopolitical stage because nobody knew what the fuck this guy was going to do which is why it was dead fucking silent in the world for four years because i don't know <laughs> is he is he gonna bomb us I, that rocket up your ass yeah is he gonna is he gonna go to north korea and hold hands with with uh kim is he gonna or is he gonna drop a bomb on moscow i don't know but let's not do anything <laughs> to, to find out but but going forward that is you know people like me people like you and and us i think i think we're gonna vote more for people that push the the cultural envelope but there's still a like these middle these fucking karens in the middle of the country they're not they're not so keen on that they don't they don't really like that right now yeah i do think the school choice issue presents some opportunities there i think there's some opportunities to to try to sway some moms and even even further across the spectrum than even just trying to win you know uh 
suburban women. Um, I think that one really presents some opportunities if, if described correctly, because the Democrats know, the Marxists know that this is going to be a direction <laughs> that they're going to go. So they will be ready for it. And they are, you're going to have to try to predict what lies they're going to tell, because they're going to tell the most abhorrent lies you can possibly think of with absolutely no data or no facts to, to support what they're saying, but they will still say it and they will put you in a position to have to defend just a total abject lie that you're not prepared for because they know you're not prepared for it. So they'll spin it in a way. And then they get Pravda, the mainstream media, to tell the lie, say the lie again, mm. say the lie again, and say the lie so many times across so many shows, across so many platforms, that people don't know what the hell is true. Um, the last episode Man. that I that I put out, I actually just finished the next episode today, but the last episode I put out was called The Rise of Marxism. And I based the whole episode off of a 1984 or 83 uh, interview with Yuri Bezmenov, a defector from the KGB, who literally describes the plan of ideological subversion that the Soviet Union was playing against the United States to try and infiltrate schools with Marxism, because yeah. they knew that it would spread throughout the country. And you know, I said in that podcast, the way that that gets broken down for us to fundamentally understand what we're fighting. You know, I've said that that was probably the most important important podcast I'll ever do. No matter how long I keep doing this, that was probably the one. Yeah, because they because they knew they couldn't get it through the class work. So, like I said before, they they had to infiltrate and right. go inside out. That was the only way it was going to work. Right, right. Um, this last episode that I did, um, it's the whole episode is based around Joe Biden's reelection video. And um, <laughs> there are so many fucking lies in that video. It took me an hour and a half to shred all the lies in that thing. Oh, man, you did some fucking work. It was um, it's it's I think it's really good. Um, it'll yeah. drop tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, I think that one I didn't anticipate that it was going to be that long, but it pissed me off so bad listening to it the second time that I just couldn't help it. Yeah. Um, it but it just it is amazing to me that we do live in this kind of an era where the biggest politician on the planet in a allegedly free country can look at us and just lie in the most blatant, open ways. And he gets away with it. And not only does he get away with it, you've got massive corporate media companies that play along with the game and they spread the lie and spread the message. And, um, you know, decades of conservatism, the rhinos that we have, they've put us in this situation where um, it's this is going to fall to us, to our generation, to people like us. And I, I agree with what you're saying earlier in the show where, you know, even if you have 10 followers, whatever, um, we need way more people getting out there and talking because mm -hmm. you may just reach somebody that wouldn't have otherwise listened to anything else. Right. You may reach somebody that may talk to somebody else because they, this couple of decades of these globalist liberal Republicans have put us in this situation with our economy, almost every facet of life here in the United States of America that we are really at risk of being a, a fallen Republic. Mm -hmm. um, and it is dangerous, scary times. I mean, I think that kind of falls back to all the stuff that we talked about from the voting system. Like, can Trump even win with ballot harvesting and the Democrat voting machine 
that it is. It's not even a campaign machine, and it scares the shit out of me. I, I tell it you what, It didn't even though. fucking campaign. Joe no, Biden did not campaign no. yeah, in 2020. Exactly. And exactly. then he couldn't rub 20 people together at a rally. Now you I, get people to show up. Dra- uh, draft draft night. Um, uh, Jesus Christ, election night in 2024. I mean, my God, you talk. Well, I say election night. It'll be election week. Um, right. But right. but that night, like I've always enjoyed watching the election as as an adult. But now, uh, I might go through a fucking case of beer and being like and just watching like I mean nervous and, and like and anxious and like oh fuck north carolina what the fuck are you like ohio what are you doing like just right. just going through and like just watching a slow death and and watching joe biden somehow even though he'll die before he finishes that term which i mean it, 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 my god if if we have kamala fucking harris as the oh, first boy. female president oh my god i mean oh my just, god just the fall of rome let's get it over well, the with passage right. of time is <laughs> the passage of time <laughs> right yeah it's important right. to remember when you're talking about time though bocevis is that um time is a is a well it's a it's a construct and um i've got a venn diagram that explains time really well <laughs> the venn diagram we're talking about history and who made history through history about history and then who wrote the history? I'd like About to see her. And this I'd like right to see, now is history. <laughs> right. And I'd like to see the history of how many dang dang she sucked to get to where she's at. Because that ain't no small It's a amount. long fucking list, buddy. It's a <laughs> long list. I see people on Twitter that are constantly at that. Every time she posts something, it's like, <laughs> boom. There you yeah. go. Answer yeah. that one. I know. They don't care. They don't. She's not even posting, but. Yeah. It's so, no, it's, it's so, yeah, I know. It's, but still, yeah, go at them. Fuck it. Cause, cause before I'm assuming on Twitter, if they did that, they got canceled or, or, you know, blocked or, or whatever. So, yeah, go at them. I do carry a badge that even after, so I was never on social media until I was never on Twitter until Elon bought the company. I came back and I have been suspended twice since <laughs> I've been on there. So I got a couple of <laughs> badges. Now, I don't think I said anything that was, it was pretty benign. It was about saying that, Men have XY chromosomes and women have XX chromosomes. And some fucking green hair at Twitter fucking suspended me for oh, a week. God. So, yeah, whatever. Fuck them. Yeah, um, we had we had one of our accounts permanently suspended. Uh, right. Now, we did get it back once Elon came. But I wrote, I don't know, no less than at least 30 emails trying to get it uh, reinstated. Uh, the Revolution Network is currently suspended permanently. So What? Yeah. What the hell did you say? <laughs> oh, I don't remember on that one. <laughs> the one that got our other Twitter I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, the other one that got our other Twitter. Oh, no, I do remember. Actually, it was at John Cusack. Now, you know, he's one of those big fucking uh, Hollywood pedophiles that's always going at everything. I was like, uh, you know, you're going to go to prison soon, right? And then, like, you know, in prison, what they do to pedophiles, you're going to get raped, <laughs> probably to death. Uh, <laughs> so look forward to that. And I got suspended permanently for that. I was like, and I even wrote him, I was like, look, because it was like under threats of violence. I was like, look, I didn't threaten violence. I just simply stated that the man loves it's to rape opinion. children. I was like, he loves to rape children. Right. And then what happens to people who love to rape children in prison is they get raped. And since he's famous, they'll probably rape him to death. 
Correct. I don't think that that's. I didn't threaten. Uh, I'm not going to rape him. So I, I think that, that's what I was going to say. You didn't threaten you're to right. do it. I think um, your opinion that he'll get raped to death. Um, <laughs> that, that probably was the line that it's did it. It's still an opinion. <laughs> it's definitely just an opinion, and it's a fair opinion. I didn't call it. I was like, "Hey, everybody, go rape John Cusack to death." I didn't say that. I said, "You know, you're gonna." I was like, "You know, you're gonna get raped you, once you go did, to prison." Did you attach a video of John Cusack getting raped to death and what I'm it would look like? What it would look like if he I, were to get raped to death? I wish I was that. If I if I could do that and got suspended, I'm like, all right, you know, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But at least the video's out there. But no, I'm not that good at the AI thing, the deep fakes. But yeah, one day you can dream. Yeah, we, you know we. Um, I mean, I get it's a good thing that Twitter's opened up and there's, there's a platform. Uh, I seem to be not getting suspended lately, saying the same kinds of things. So that's a good thing. But I always attach Elon Musk to the end of those. Like, please don't suspend me for this at Elon <laughs> Musk, please. But yeah, I think he might. I think he might be in the diddler profile though because like generally people that come after the diddlers it seems like they get suspended so i'm like i think he might be in that crowd just perhaps i don't know who elon maybe nah i, I, mean, I who mean knows dude who yeah knows? i i don't know but i i'm leaning hard no apparently his buddy or whatever they got fucking arrested over in europe he had a huge fucking child sex trafficking ring and that That's guy never, good. and that guy still now got suspended. And he's like on his way to prison. I think he still has a Twitter account. What the hell? Who's yeah. his buddy? Oh, what was his fucking name? Andrew, you know what I'm talking about? I, I've heard the story. I don't know what the guy's name is. Yeah. This, I mean, he, he's literally like going to prison. He had a huge child sex trafficking ring in Europe. That's what a fucking Elon Musk's best friends. I'm just saying, mm. I don't, mm. I'm, I don't befriend fucking pedophiles. If you can't I know, rule. I mean, well, yeah. if yeah, if he didn't, maybe he didn't know. I don't know. You, you don't know about a guy that has a huge sex trafficking <laughs> ring. I don't, I don't know. know. How I many? Mean, if you got a buddy that diddles on the side and you find out, like, oh, dude, what the fuck? Like, yeah, of course you're not friends no more. But like, at that, it's like being friends with fucking uh, Epstein and not knowing kind of what goes on on his like. How dude, many buses did this guy have? How many how many <laughs> islands did he have? You, I mean, we need I need more details where we're just going to disparage good old Elon, but no, I, I I agree. You can't rule anybody out, especially when they've got the kind of power and money uh, of someone like him. But yeah. you know what? He's fighting the good fight, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one too because I mean <laughs> Uh, that feels like a blessing from God that a crazy rich dude just seemed to yeah. want to buy Twitter as a hobby so that he could lose $22 billion like off the rip just because yeah. he wanted to save free speech. Like that seems like some help from above there. That, yeah. that, that was a good deal. Um, and you know, I, I know that we're kind of reaching towards the back end of this thing, or at least what the scheduled time was, but you know, I think where there are like, some fundamental problems that we have here. And I think one of the big ones is that, um, you know, when they started, when the progressives started the separation of church and state, they started taking colleges off of like Harvard and Yale and all those campuses. We, we kicked God, then we kicked God out of the classroom. Then we kicked God out of the bedroom. Now mm -hmm. we we're really trying to kick God out of everything. And you go back to like the civil rights movement and some of the data on the backside of that and the progressive movement after some of those separation of church and state cases. And you can really see the decline and you can really see uh fatherless homes skyrocket. We see 
you know, the number of abortions that we have. So I, I, I have been, it has been nice here lately to see that it does seem like young people to some extent are reaching some level of despair that they're trying to find something to help them deal with it. And a lot of people seem to be turning to God. And I think that that's a good thing. It's a good start in the right direction. And yeah, yeah, but the other ones are turning in that lack of identity and that, that search for identity. Unfortunately, they're, they're turning to, you know, the, the trend, like the, the umbrella. Their dicks right? off. Yeah. The, right. the, the, the rainbow is, is like, and we talked about this one of the last podcasts was he was, is that as soon as you, you know, if you're, if you're a kid, that's like not cool, or you're just, you're, you're, you're different, you're whatever. It, it, when fat we grew up, ugly. Yeah. Mostly. If you're fat, ugly or different or whatever it is, if you're in our age, you're just, that's just you, you're going to get picked on. You're, you're not, that's just going to be, but now with this umbrella protection, all you have to do is say, I'm one of these LMNOPs and you have instant untouchable status you are now celebrated not only you know not only uh you know okay let's not let all right leave him alone he's he's a he's a gay or he's a trans oh no you're the fucking star of the show now so like uh, unfortunately uh, although i might agree with you on the religion thing it'd be great if that could you know work its way more in it's not going to at a big enough level because the power of that rainbow right now is so much stronger than the power of the bible it's not even funny when it comes to young kids well, it is because, and you're right, um, but I do think that, um, you know, things aren't going to get better. Uh, Marxists don't make things better, and we've got a whole lot of them embedded and infested into different institutions in this country that rooting them out is going to be pulling deep into the roots, into this country to pull them out. So, yeah, I, I think you're right, and they're pushing hard. They're pushing hard on this thing, but I do think that at a certain point, um the gender mutilation and the sterilizing children for their, the rest of their life, the likelihood that a person will never experience an orgasm for their entire life. Right. After having these surgeries, like they don't know point, that they don't know that though. Right. But, but you're right. And a part of that, you're right. And a part of that is because the Republicans are too damned afraid to talk about it. Go out and say the fucking thing. Yeah. Let the fucking words come out of your fucking mouth. They're going to call you transphobic anyway. So you may as well get called transphobic, telling the truth, laying the facts out so that at least people hear it. You may set off the light bulb for somebody that's struggling. You need a be- one of these beautiful girls to go out there and say, you know what? I was a tomboy when I was a kid. I went through something. And guess what? It was a phase. It passed. We need more women on that I mean, side of things to stand up and say things. We need, people we have need to the stop women for being sure. afraid. Yeah. We need the like women for sure. And we talked about this on the podcast. Like, we all went through shit. We all had a frumpy phase. We all had a fucking phase. You know, I played sports too. But, you know, I went through a phase where I was, you know, a fat kid in middle school. I still was decent at sports, but I was fat and slow until I hit puberty and, like, fucking, you know, my body started to develop. I went through a, like, everybody goes through a fucking phase. Like, that's just, but, like, long we're saying, in our day, you know, when you got to high school, if you're one of those kids, what'd you do? You fucking dyed your hair black. Put on Doc Martens, right. off. You listen to Marilyn Manson. That was your fucking crowd, right? Or you put on fucking Jinkos and you listen to fucking uh, right. Insane Clown Posse and Death Metal. <laughs> like that was your fucking crowd. Like everybody had their fucking crowd. But all of that shit is a phase that is easily. They all grow out of it, right? Everybody moves on. Everyone like nobody's right. still wearing walking around their Doc Martens with their dog collar on, listening to Marilyn Manson. That shit's over. It's gone. But when you cut your dick or your tits off. 
There's no coming back from that. No. There's no, no. coming back. Never. Done. Yeah. Done. Um, I think eventually, just like this COVID bullshit, oh where my now, God. now everybody, which we don't have time to get into it, but now that everybody's realized it is what it is, and now people are dying from this quote-unquote vaccine, the liberal media, they've stopped talking about it. It's all like they just completely shut that shit off. That's not an issue anymore. They've moved on. But all those people are still left struggling with the shit. Well, guess what? When they're done using all these kids, when they're done using this platform, when they've got out of it, squeezed every ounce of fucking, you know, sympathy and votes they can out of it, and these kids start committing suicide in droves, they're all coming out to be unhappy. They're all coming out to sue doctors. They're all coming out to sue their parents. And all this, which it will, all of this will come to pass. When it does, guess guess who will not be there reporting on it? The fucking media. And none right. of these Hollywood elites will be out there. Drew Barrymore won't be on her knees kissing anybody's fucking hands. None no. of that shit will be going on. It was like it never fucking, they just leave you in the despair that they fucking put you in. And they yeah. use you like a pawn. But that's not, but like Longhorn said, right now, they're the fucking bell of the ball. They're the star of the fucking show. And they're sucking that shit up, and they do not realize they're being used in a political game right. for many nefarious reasons. But right. regardless of any reason, at the end of the day, they're going to be the ones left in total fucking disarray, and their lives are basically, ne- they will never be good again. Yeah, they'll just, they'll move on to the next, uh, you know, victim, right. new victim still, like, you know, who knows what it'll be at that point. You know, it could be, it could yeah. be, you know, it could be us. <laughs> it could be white people. Be the white guys it's turn. gonna be us. We're gonna be the new victim. Like, yes, I can't fucking wait for this. That would be a turn. That it's gonna be, be our turn. We only had four hundred years. It's not long enough. We want no. what? Yeah, I've been waiting long enough. I'm all this privilege. I it's it ain't been working out very great for me. So I need some help from the Democrats. You know, another thing, it, it, like on this topic, like the Nashville shooter. I want to see what the talk screening says. And I want to, because the other thing that they do with these kids is they stuff them on antidepressants or they shove them they full sh- of testosterone, dude. Yeah. They're on more this- testosterone than the average bodybuilder. These fucking right. chicks are the fucking like that. That's not normal. You're not going to see that, but you're not going to see the talks. You're not going to see no. the, the manifesto. It's, you're right. it's poof you're right. gone. And that's amazing, right? Because in Buffalo, man, they had that shit out quick. Yeah, oh, that yeah. shit was out quick, but mm-hmm. oh, this one's too dangerous. Oh no, guys, this one's too dangerous. You, you, you can't handle it. We can't show it to you. It's too dangerous. Yeah, it's fucking shit show. Uh, both of us, you got a fun like a football topic or a titties or beer topic that's that can get us out <laughs> get us out of here on a light on a lighter note. I sure do. So, um, Cincinnati Bengals fan, we've already established that. Here's my question. We did ask this question many times. We went to the draft in Cleveland. Got surprising answers on this on both sides, but do you hate the Browns? And if you do, how much do you hate the Browns? Okay, so I do hate the Browns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I will say this. They have been, even as shitty as the Bengals have been, they have been so shitty for so long that the bigger rivalry is with Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. That's literally what every – okay, so word for word. Cleveland says that about y'all. That even though y'all they've been shitty, y'all been shittier, and they feel so bad for you. They don't like you, but they hate Pittsburgh. And every Cincinnati fan said the same fucking thing. Like, ah, well, we're shitty, but they're shittier. 
And we really right. hate those goddamn Steelers. <laughs> you know what's funny is if you go up to Baltimore, they probably say the same damn thing because Pittsburgh has kicked the shit out of that whole division yeah. for so long. Oh, yeah. And we all hate them. Yeah. Well, I mean, Baltimore's been good. That's a weird That's a weird relationship, I guess, because they were the Browns. So I don't know how many right, transplant right. fans went with them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, but it was so funny. We at like we there's so <laughs> many obviously so many Browns fans, bunch of Bengals fans, and I was expecting to see some mix ups. Whatever, nothing but cordial. Nothing, so like, nah, we got to find out. So we started you talking asking. About, you talking about when we were in Cleveland? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we started asking like, what 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 is going on here? I thought you hated each other. Like, we don't like them, but you know we we give them kind of a pass. But fucking pit. Like I even had that. Remember the dude that bought us shots, the Browns fan that was like buying us like round after round of fucking shots. No, that was a Buffalo. That was a Buffalo Bills. Bills. Wait, no. No, I was Browns fan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So he he was like, and there was a Pittsburgh guy like right next to us, and I was like, so you hate these guys? He's like, dude. He's like, if this was an not the draft but a real game, (laughs) that we'd already kick the shit out of that guy for even walking in this Uh... (laughs) fucking. That's that's you know I don't remember um, uh, at at this draft that we just did in um, in Kansas City I don't remember seeing did I interview a Cincinnati Bengal fan I don't remember doing it I don't remember seeing a jersey for uh, Cincinnati Yeah I think you got one I Did I one. Okay. Yeah I think so I'll Have to look at it up did a lot of drinking that night but yeah. uh, now we're now we're still pretty sour about the way that AFC North uh, the way that AFC Championship game went. With the, the worst ref game I've ever seen in my life. And it was I pretty bad. Not bad. just as a Bengals fan. I mean, we it, were running plays <clears> for downs that didn't count. It was yeah. it, it was really amazing. And I well, still oh, thought no, no, that one didn't count. It cost us money. So yeah, we were on too. we were on Cincy, but we still thought when Joe Burrow had the ball yeah. at the end, he was going to go win it. They're just he's just going to go win it. And I was I was literally shocked. I was like, what? Yeah, I almost did not take it either. Yeah, but, especially it was like third and twenty, and he completes that. I thought we were fucked. He completes that pass, like, oh, yeah. that's it. Now he's got. He's gonna go yeah. win it now. That's right, it. over. We so, got this shit. So, did you follow the draft? Like, what do you think about Cincinnati's draft? I thought Cincinnati's draft. I thought Cincinnati's draft was good. I thought it was smart. Um, I thought they took players that. Um, I thought they took good value. I thought they've got. I, I thought. Uh, I think they brought some guys in that are going to make an impact next year. I like the running back from Illinois, a lot. The talent level of um, the defensive end that we took on the in the first round, I can't. For God, forgive me. I can't remember. I, his name I right can't now. either. And and I literally studied this for a long time, but I can't remember. But, yeah. Oh, oh, the um, you, the guy from K State, the Felix. No, that's who. No, that's who Kansas City he's from took. Clemson. Um, oh, Miles Murphy. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, Murphy. Yeah. Okay. The, the athleticism from <clears throat> that guy is really insane. I thought that that was a really good pick. Um, I thought the wide receiver out of Purdue, Charlie Wilson, I thought that was a good pick, uh, especially given that Tyler Boyd's contract is going to be up. Um, so they're going to do something with that slot position because you got to keep T Higgins and you got to, obviously you got to keep Jamar Chase yeah. and find ways to pay for those guys. Yeah. That Wilson, free. that Wilson kid, I think led all of college football and receptions. He's like that little, you know, yeah. over the middle. Uh, did they do anything to help the off like Joe Burrow's offensive line at all or? Offseason, uh, not not in the not in the draft, not a whole Cause, lot. Because homeboy uh, that came from Dallas, like his career is over. Yeah, uh, Leo Collins. That's, yeah. that's a wrap. That's his, a wrap. Did you hear about that, Bosivas? He no. when he got hurt last year, he tore his knee, like a lot of them do. He didn't just tear his knee; 
He literally tore every single ligament that you have right. in your knee. Like there was, it was just the skin holding his knee. <laughs> it's fucking leg. Right. Well, that's what Teddy Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater did, and he came back. I think he tore most of them. I don't know if he tore. No, it was like his leg was literally hanging on, like with the. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe he maybe he'll come back. He's but a big fat fatty. Wrap that. He shit ain't coming back this year. He he's well, no, yeah, but yeah. So wrap that shit up. Put his fat ass on the line like Billy Bob, and just fucking get out there. Yeah, just rub some dirt on it. It'd the one right. thing I did think was a bit surprising from the draft was that they didn't go after a tight end. But a right. lot of the people that had some inside info on the Bengals said that they they weren't going to. Um, so I, there's lo some local people around here. One of the guys' name is James Rapine, and he had talked about the fact that the the Bengals uh, the draft room just they really weren't they weren't that interested in taking tight end because they knew that they had to take one high. And I guess they had other people higher on the board, obviously. I think that guy needs to change his last name to Rapine. Rapine is just that's that's <laughs> yeah. a. That's a rough one, pal. That's a rough, <laughs> that's a rough pronunciation. So, all right. All right. Uh, that's good for me. Andrew, one more time. Give them your podcast, the name, where they can find you, um, and all that good stuff. And, again, thank you so much, sir, for coming on here and putting up with our nonsense and having a great discussion with us. We really enjoyed it. No, I enjoyed it. I'll do it um, anytime. Anytime you guys need to fill some time or need a spot, just holler at me. I can. I'll figure it out. But – the podcast is Red, White, and True podcast. Red, White, and True redefining progress. Um, you can find it on anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, on social media, uh, on Twitter, we're at rw underscore true. On Truth Social, it is rw or at rw true. Facebook is Red, White, and True podcast, and the website, which will direct you to the podcast, is rwtrue.com. Sweet, right, sir. Thank you so much. We might have you on here again to talk politics. We might have you on uh talking a little Bengals football. Who knows when we get into football? <laughs> you season. never know. We'll see. Thank you, know. gentlemen. Thank I you, appreciate sir. it so much. Thank God you. bless. God bless you.